0: You know, at least in Myra and I, you don't really just need to hear Myra's voice, right? You don't even hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> you will. I mean, at least there's a little bit of a, a change, and 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 this is our first guest, and I think it's going to be really exciting because just keeping up with our mental health theme for this month, it's 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 going to be fun because. We are going to be talking a lot about, you know, Chahoo trauma, anxiety, and so on. So, this is the Realist Optimist World Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Realist Optimist World. I'm actually very excited today because we have a special guest sitting down with us, and you know, at least in Myra and I, you don't really just need to hear Myra's voice, right? You don't even hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> you well, I mean, at least there's a little bit of a, a change, and 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 this is our first guest, and I think it's going to be really exciting because just keeping up with our mental health theme for this month, it's it's going to be fun because we are going to be talking a lot about you know chahu trauma anxiety and so on so without further ado i'm just going to welcome Nur adam she is a healing and transformational coach Also, a really good
1: friend of mine and I am really excited to have her in the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me on this um, podcast episode. I'm truly so excited to be, you know, talking about um, today's topic, you know, anything that's related to mental, emotional health. um, It's always been uh, a passion of mine. You know, I've always been very intrigued with the human mind, very intrigued with you know, why people do what they do right because everything's very much interconnected with what you've been through you know as a child growing up the kind of experiences and how your mind has actually your brain has developed over the years so it affects every single thing it's
0: amazing I like how you talk about the brain because you know it's, 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 it's we're trying to like pick your brain to mm-hmm. talk about the brain <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> and, and,
0: and, and, and you're right right because like everything that we're going through today is really how our brain has been rewired yep. for many, many years. And it's yeah. not something that just happens overnight. So mm-hmm. how you are and how your outlook in life is is really how you've been brought up. And I think that's one of the things that we're gonna talk about. Yeah. So we're so extremely thankful. I think it's gonna be nice and, and 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 really can't wait to just dive into it. So Nor, I guess. My very first question is, I I really just want to know, how did you actually get into life coaching? Like, mm-hmm. why healing and transformational coach? Like, yeah. how did it come about for you and... And so on.
1: Yeah. You know, I would say being in this field, the helping industry, it's something that I've not, it's not like, you know, you know, growing up, I'm like, oh, you know, I want to be a life coach or, you know, I want to go into the field of psychology. Um, All the while, I feel as though like my life has been just like, you know, sleepwalking, just kind of going through the motions of life, you know, and especially I feel that in an environment, like for example, in Singapore, it's very much structured, Right. You know, you, you go nursery and then, you know, primary school, secondary school. And then from secondary school, you're like, OK, poly, JC, poly, JC. So th- those were the options for me. I'm like, OK. And at that time, I felt that, you know, I needed to go to junior college no matter what, because for me at that time, I felt that to be to to fit in to society standards, I needed to be in junior college, even though it's something that maybe I'm not passionate about but I know I had to be in it. So from JC, I went to university and even then in university, I was still like, uh, I don't know what I wanted to do. So I did computing and oh my God, okay, the only reason why I went into it was because I think it was the easiest, you know, field to get into. So I got into it and I had to do four years of it, but I did not like it at all. So if you ask me right now, if I want to actually go back time to like repeat school life, I'm like, no way, Jose. I don't want to go back there because it's no fun for me. So yeah, you know, I finished, finish school. And then, you know, after graduating, the first thing, what will you do? Get a job. You need to get a job, right? Because your parents invested so much in your education. You're like, oh my God, you know, I must make sure that I get a good paying job. And again, when it comes to the job, you're like, you know, the job has to be seen as something that is like, you know, good enough, right? And again, good enough for who? For society. So I felt that all these while, you know, I've been living life, living, you know, my own life, um, up to society standards, right? So, and then, you know, I got my first job. It was a corporate job. I worked there for close to five years. And then I think, you know, towards the end of the five-year mark, I was like, is this really what I wanted to do? You know, when I first started the job, it was really fun because I got to travel and see the world. But after some time, the job became something that's very routine, very mundane, very administrative-like. And I knew, I knew me. You know, I I realized that even though I was in that kind of a very structured sort of job, but I would kind of like you know take part in the CCAs that allowed me to speak. You know, I'll do um, hosting. You know, like for example, D and D's. I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I'll do the hosting or you know me um, representing my own um, division to do go up on stage and do some wacky funny acts. So I would I would find you know pockets of opportunities to just allow me to express me and I was thinking like oh my god you know majority of my time I feel as though I'm suppressing me and I'm just you know tr- desperately trying to find these small little pockets of time to express the real me and then I it got myself thinking like is this really how I want to be moving my life you know like in the future like just continuing being a follower and i think that really got me thinking and that was when you know i started on this whole like you know self discovery journey of wanting to know what's more to life because it got me thinking like is this really all there is to life just like do 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 and i wasn't actually really being and i feel that that actually goes against what we've been created to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're human beings, not human doings. And I think my curiosity really got me into reading up more, you know, networking, meeting with people. I was just craving and just so desperate to want to know more, like what's more to life? And then I think in that whole process of just allowing myself to just be and just like throw myself in that process, I started to put, you know, all these, um you know, the jigsaw puzzles All of it, the missing pieces, just piece it all together. And slowly, over time, you know, it's a process, right? Over time, I'm like, I think this is what I want to do. You know, I've always realized that my strength, it lies in engaging. I love talking. I love, you know, being in the spotlight. I'm like, hmm, that is interesting. That's my strength. And then there's this other part, that, that new curiosity that came up on like, you know, the human mind. I'm like, what can I do with these two? And so I think I just, you know, you know, just tried a, ro- a lot. You know, I just experimented a lot. And I think that was when, you know, so I started the, the um, Good Life podcast with uh, my business partner, Ustaz Missy Wahid. So it started out from there. And I really liked doing it, you know, because um it gave me that platform to talk about and share with people about what I've learned. Yeah. You know, it gave me that platform to share with people that, hey, you know what, there's more to life than just doing and just going through motion, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. time to wake up. Because a lot of us, we are like, you know, walking zombies. Mm. We're just like walking around life. And I think when we do that enough, we become very numb to yeah. life. We're just like, we're just doing it, but we don't really feel it. Yeah, We find it really hard to just be in the present. And that was what I was struggling with a lot previously, to be able to just be in the present because my mind was just somewhere else and that brought a lot of pain yeah 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 and in the work that I do it's so beautiful because you know it pushes me and it challenges me to make sure that you know I learn a whole lot because at the end of the day I want to give a whole lot to the community so yeah I love it (laughs) I actually love the fact that you know you realize
0: this five years into working in your corporate job so in that first 5 years you were like just going through the motions. Yeah. And then you realize like snap, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. And then and then you realize that okay, I need to make a change. How how did that like you know, how how did your family and people close to you because we we we're, were talking about society and yeah. how, how like initially you went to JC and the uni and then and then you <laughs> started like computing yeah and then you went to work you know yeah. it's all about the society yeah how did your family react in that sense when you decide i'm gonna just do something else like i want i, <laughs> I want to stop going through the motions yeah. right and 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 start yeah. exploring my interest and yeah. and work towards that yeah Has, was that
1: a difficult time for you I think it was both difficult for me and the people around me as well. For me, because I think a part of me had to acknowledge that, you know what, that life, that living that high-flyer corporate life is not going to do good for you anymore. And it was hard for me to kind of let go of that because living that corporate life, going through the motions of life, having everything you know, go according to plan, it's something that's so familiar to me. It's like my comfort zone. You know, like, you know, your bantal buso. (laughs) You're like, yeah, it's buso. it's supposed to be washed, but you're like, I don't want to wash it because if not, the busokness will go away and it's not the same feeling anymore, right? (laughs) And it's the same thing, you know, I felt that I was holding on to this bantal buso. I don't want to wash it. And I realised the more I hung on to that, it was... And the more I wanted control in my own life, the more I saw the loss of control in my life. And I was feeling very empty. Yeah. You know, even though I, had, you know, I was earning a lot, I was living a good life, but I could feel that, you know, something was just missing, that void. I'm like, why? Why is this void here? Like, you know, I seem to be doing okay. I'm doing okay at work. You know, my relationship seems all right, but... Why do I still feel so empty? So, you know, the one of the hurdles it was definitely being able to overcome me, the voices in my head telling me, oh. just stay. Just stay. Why, why do you want to even take the risk yeah. to go into something that's filled with so many uncertainties? It's scary, right? And that's how the mind works. It wants to protect you. It wants to keep you in a familiar. Anything that deals with uncertainties, it's like, don't Scary. take the risk. Why? Why? <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah. That, that was one part, me. You know, something that I had, I had to kind of tell myself, I need to do this for me. And the other part was, yeah, you know, family and society. Because naturally, because I've been so conditioned to, you know, you must listen to your parents, mm. you know. be Do society proud. Do your parents proud. Right, so again, it was being able to tell myself that this is something that I have to do for me, even though at that time my parents were like, "Uh, Are you sure this is something that you want to do? Because you know, quitting the job that pays you well, and then you know, because I was unemployed, man, for like I think close to a year, (laughs) and you know, and actually, parents are like, You know, girl, I invested so much (laughs) in your education, okay? University is not cheap, and now. You just want to let go of that and just like go into this like, I don't know, woo-woo kind of state. And to them, they're like, are you alright? Like, are you alright? So it was really hard. I I felt that I was, I had to kind of go through a lot of like, you know, external forces and internal forces for me to kind of get to where I am today, to be confident that, yeah, you know, I made the Bestest decision ever. Even though it was super shit scary for me to like get out of that familiar zone, but I tell you, I I wouldn't change a thing. Like it was the bestest decision ever for me to just take that leap of faith. It requires a huge leap of faith, actually. Yeah, yeah. To just like you know tell yourself you know what I need to do this for me and God. I leave it up to you. Please guide me in every step of the way, please. So
0: amazing! <laughs> I think that is so inspiring. You like you mentioned taking a leap of faith, and and, and we we had a conversation about that, isn't it? Because Myra came from a a, a corporate job for like what ten years, wow. and then she finally like took that leap of faith to sort of leave everything behind because it wasn't making her happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And be unemployed. So <laughs> girl, I feel <laughs> Wow, that that is that is really that is definitely scary. And you did it for yourself. And I think that's the that's the most beautiful thing. Did you have to like kind of like alter or change the way you live to sort of focus on 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 this new life, like trying yeah. to rediscover yourself? Like yeah. was it hard in that first year when you were unemployed? Oh my
1: god. <laughs> it was scary. I, I think no words could describe the hardship. Yeah. The st- the internal mainly it was internal struggles yeah. that I was going through. Like it was constantly, is this the right thing? Are you sure this is the right decision for you? So it was a lot of self doubt that I had to like kind of fight off, mm. um, and tell it, please give me, give me the time, give me the room. So you know what? During that time, I spent a lot of time alone. Yeah. Um, and till today, like I love solitude time. I've come to love solitude time. You know, I was that girl who would have issues with eating alone or everything, you know, must have kawan. ah. Everything always has kawan. If not, I'll feel like, uh, I feel awkward. But now I'm like, I love alone time. I love it. You know, I, I, I used to be an extrovert. Like, you know, I gain a lot of my energy from You know, mingling, mixing around with people. Yeah. But ever since I embarked on this journey, I have seen that shift from being that extrovert to an introvert. Like you know, right now I gain my energy by being alone. Wow. And initially, it was hard for me to kind of again recognize that I have changed because, you know, in my mind again, I'm like you know, extrovert is the in thing. If you're an introvert. Uh, you're not cool. Mm -hmm. So again, I was dealing with the inner struggle of like, you know, now being an introvert, is that okay? Is that socially acceptable?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's something that you're still sort of struggling with.
1: Yeah, I mean like, you know, I feel that we are all a work in progress and we will be a WIP till our very last breath. And I think if we were to take on that approach of, being seen as a WIP till our very last breath, it takes off a whole lot of pressure and expectation that we put into ourselves that we need to be that perfect being. Mm, I feel that expectations really kill us a whole lot. It puts a lot of stress and pressure. It makes us pull away from a present life yeah. and always very much focus on maybe perhaps in the past or in the future, but any any anywhere but now, yeah. right? And I feel that one of the biggest tragedy of life is to not be able to be and embrace the present life. Can you imagine every single time, every single moment of your day, is always spent thinking about your past mistakes, mm-hmm. your past failures or you know, it's too much into the future, right? The yeah. um, what if this, what if that? Yeah, you won't be able to really enjoy you here, yeah, right. And I think um, one of the, the the key to to moving forward in life is to be able to embrace where you are right now, right now. includes your your flaws and everything, while striving to do better and I think that that is hard to do yeah, because yeah. a lot of times while we're trying to embrace ourselves we're always comparing ourselves to those yeah. standards where like we look at ourselves when we look at you know the magazines okay, now not so much magazines now yeah, old eh? school ah. eh? no, no you know, <laughs> social media <laughs> like Lime. <laughs> <laughs> Lime. <laughs> right we look like you know at, at social media whatever is on the digital platform right we're constantly Consuming, yeah yeah comparing ourselves and asking ourselves am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? And that really eats you whole a lot on the inside. Yeah.
0: Wow. I think when you mentioned, you know, we sometimes get too caught up with our past, like our past mistakes. And and, and then sometimes we look too far ahead in the future. Yeah. That's just really our expectations and also dwelling on our past mistakes, right? Yeah. It's definitely harder than, than it is like to do, than it is to, to speak of because... I have to admit, like there have let are my past mistakes that I'm still sort of trying to let go and trying to not also think so far ahead in the future, right? Yeah. How do how do you actually be in the present moment though? I mean like practically speaking, like how do you someone just be like, okay, if someone's just worrying so much about the future or be like, I'm beating yeah. myself up for my past mistake, yeah. how do we actually tell someone? Like, you know, just be in the present moment. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's the last thing that they want to yeah. kind of hear. They'll like, be like, no.
1: what? <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 It's, so how do It's we, hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do. And especially when, you know, you can feel that you are carrying a whole lot of uh, emotional baggage. baggage. It's hard for you to just take in the advice and be like, yeah, I'm just going to be in the present. Right, mm. you know, I see you know emotional baggage as like, you know, for example, you're carrying this bag, and each, each unresolved wound or past hurtful past experience, it's like a rock, and that rock can actually vary in size. the The more painful, the the event is to you, the more you hold on to it, the bigger and heavier that rock. And can you imagine every single day, week, month, year? when you don't allow yourself to process all these things, the unresolved stuff, the stuff that has hurt you, you're basically adding that rock to this backpack that you're carrying. Mm. Like right now, we can't see it, right? These are all invisible wounds. But it not being there, physically, tangibly there, does not mean that it does not exist. It very much exists. And we can feel it. It's just that whether we choose to acknowledge that it's there, we feel it in the form of the discomfort that pain that void that we feel right so the thing with our bodies and our minds it's very smart right it's always trying to communicate with us yeah. but a lot of times we don't wanna listen to it we don't wanna acknowledge that it's there you know we feel pain but we say you know we quickly distract ourselves yeah, yeah. we escape yeah right so by escaping What we are telling to pain is that you don't matter. You're not significant enough for me to put some time or space or energy aside for me to talk to you. And when we go on in life, having that approach of escaping, numbing pain, it doesn't magically go away, right? Once it's there, it will continue to grow faster, you know, just like the virus, it can metamorph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it sure. changes, right? It mutates. And that's the thing with pain, right? Once you have it, it doesn't just magically go away. It can change into another form. And oftentimes, it changes to something that is really scary. And that's why you see a lot of times you know, when people go into emotional, mental breakdowns, feeling super overwhelmed, exhausted to the point that, they can't even get out of bed. That's when that pain has, you know, intensified and developed to a point that it has super overwhelmed the body to the point that it has shut down the body's capacity to function normally, Mm. right? And the thing is that, you know, the pain, it doesn't just go from 0 to 100 in just over a day or overnight. Yeah. It actually kind of, you know, amplifies, intensifies over time. Right, But the time when, when it actually first happened, we often tell it, you don't matter. Or we tell ourselves, nothing, 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 right? You'll mm. go away. You know, Just sleep it off. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> go shopping, <laughs> sleep it off, whatever, right? Again, escaping, yeah. hoping. So it, again, we're in denial. We tend to do a lot of discounting. And discounting basically, we are telling ourselves that maybe the, the pain or the challenge is not there. So that's one form of discounting. Another form of discounting that we do is we acknowledge that, okay, the issue is there, but we tell ourselves, ah, yeah, not big, ah. You know, okay, for example, if someone is facing chest pains, right? So the first level of discounting, if the person goes into not acknowledging that there's a problem there, the person will go something like this. Okay, chest pain, uh, nothing, ah. No yeah, chest pain. No bit. chest pain. No <laughs> chest pain. But no chest, no pain. chest pain. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no yes. chest. Yeah. <laughs> right? So this, this this is the first level of discounting. The second level of discounting is where they deny the significance of the issue. So mm. going back again to the chest pain analogy, so got chest pain, right? It's like Ah, yeah, but ah, yeah, small issue, small issue. So got issue, but small mm, issue, issue yeah. right? So that's a nev- another level of discounting. And it's also, it has its repercussions. Because can you imagine, if the chest pain, there's a pain for a reason. Pain mm. doesn't just come there like, hey, hi, yeah, no purpose. Yeah, uh-huh. Pain has a purpose, yeah. right? Pain is trying to tell you hey, something on the inside. It's not exactly okay, so maybe you wanna you know take a look at it right? So if you go into the uh, yeah you know not not not, pain, uh, not really that pain, then if you actually go for a checkup and you realize that oh my God, that chest pain is maybe something has some underlying issues mm. like you know some heart issue, the heart's yeah. not functioning well or something like that. So it has these negative implications if you keep telling yourself that no issue when there is an issue yeah, yeah. right? And another type of discounting that we also tend to go into is we discount our abilities to do something. So again, going back to the chest pain example, so I've got chest pain, right? Yeah. You tell yourself, I, uh, I cannot do anything, Not, nothing, nothing can help me, I cannot, I cannot help myself. So you discount your ability to help you through it and if you were to apply it in the kind of challenges that you go through challenges that involve a lot of like you know pain and stress you know if you are aware of the level of discounting you go into it helps to kind of reduce that gap between the fantasy that you're living in your mind and the actual reality that you're living in right now mm. and a lot of times if you are able to do the inner work to bridge that gap to reduce that gap between the fantasy and the actual reality you are able to be in a place where you're able to be more in the present because a lot of times why we aren't in the present is because the fantasy and the actual reality the gap between them is super huge yeah right so you can you imagine like right now you're living here this is your the level fantasy, your fantasy yeah. but this is where your reality is at if you're moving further and further away from there yeah can you imagine like you're not really living here you're not acknowledging the actual reality that you're living in right now.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: Does that make <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense, yeah.
0: isn't it? <laughs> like, you know. Should- <laughs> oh, why? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you should Okay, okay. And I mean like like really. I mean, we should really stop living in our fantasy and and yeah. really focus on what reality is yeah. right now and and I'm actually curious, right? No, I think some people can actually control this a lot better than others. Do you believe in that? Like, or or does everyone suffer in the same kind of level? Say, for example, uh, 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 the heart, the heart thing, like you know, the 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 chest pain yeah. analogy, right? Yeah. Some people would be able to sort of, you know, okay, I have chest pain, I'm gonna go to the doctor right now. Yeah. Like some people might be like, oh, chest pain a bit only, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think we just need to apply that to you know our emotional pain and stress yes or or even having someone who who has anxiety and someone who doesn't mm-hmm. and and between myra and i i think we're very open about this like one of the episodes that we covered in in just last week was myra has social anxiety and and she's very open about it and we've been talking a lot about it whereas yeah. for me I don't feel like there is any problems for me to talk to someone, someone new or, you know, in a group, like just like you, I like to, I like to talk, I like to present and so on. Why is that so? Like how, why does someone, you know, be like be that way? Like why do someone have better coping mechanism Mm -hmm. and someone that doesn't like,
1: you know, yeah, yeah,
0: that's, Really the question.
1: Yeah, good question, right? Because the interesting thing is that each and every one of us, we, even though we may come from the same family, brother, sister, or you know your siblings, right? But the thing is that, so, you know, same family upbringing. But the thing is that each of us, we have our own unique mind, our own unique CPU in terms of how we process things. So depending on the kind of experiences that we go through. So even if you go through the same experience, but because you have a different CPU, different thinking box that goes inside here, the way you actually kind of extract the information, process the information, and um, you know what comes out of it is your perspective, right? How you make sense of the information, that will differ from individual to individual, even though you're going through the same pain, same experience, same joy. And I think that is what brings about the different types of coping mechanisms that you have in place for you, right? A lot of times when we feel, you know, anxiety, like for example, if you, you know, find yourself not being able to, you know, face people or being in social situations just gives you a whole lot of anxiety. Oftentimes it goes back to the things that you've experienced as a child, you know, growing up because as a child, you know, you, you are like a sponge. You Mm. absorb your things around you, right? Both verbal Nonverbal cues. So you are constantly absorbing information, you're constantly making sense of information, and, and that, you know, forms your belief system. Mm. It's like your operating system, which affects how you think, how you feel, and how you behave, right? And a lot of times we bring that into our adulthood years. And we don't really maybe realize it or are, are re- very conscious of it as a kid. But as we become adults, you know, as we take on more obligations more roles, you know, more complicated relationships that come into play, we realize that, hmm, you know, some of these relationships or some of these behavioral patterns that I'm going to aren't really serving me it's actually causing me more pain. It's actually putting me in a position where, you know, I'm seeing a lot of mental blocks or just preventing me from really moving ahead. And that is where, you know, maybe as, as a kid, you you won't really have the tools of the, or the capability to reach out for professional help or something like that. You know, but right now, as adults, you know, we are in a, in a position to take charge of mm. our, you know, emotional, mental health. Yes, we may not come from an ideal... Um, you know, family upbringing, you know, a lot of times people go through dysfunctional family upbringing, um, emotional neglect that happens, you know, parents that are maybe constantly working all the time, you know, even though they shower them with gifts, give them big houses, all the toys in the world, but they are just not present in the relationship, that has an impact on the child because the child grows up not knowing what is parental love, Mm. what is love, right? So, but the thing is that we as human beings, we've been created to connect and to love. That is within our DNA. And when we haven't really been exposed to that or taught what is true unconditional love we grow up compensating it by trying to find what is love through artificial superficial relationships yeah. or through things material t- materialistic things hoping that it will be true unconditional love right right so we go into that same cycle, cycle. of just seeking outwards yeah. instead of living life from inside out
0: right and that's how like cycles happen right because then that that fact that, you know, we, we went through that in our childhood and, you know, mm-hmm. if we were to have kids one day, that would the cycle would still continue until yes. we sort of overcome identify that. it like, and I, break it. Yeah. yeah. How do we do that though? Like how do we identify and then how do we manage that, you know, the trauma that we probably had when mm-hmm. we were a child? Because yeah. everyone has very different trauma.
1: Yep.
0: So it's 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 tough, but how do we do that?
1: Yeah. So the thing is, um with very difficult, painful sort of experiences, a lot of times it can be challenging to do it on your own, Mm. right? Because especially when you're going through something that is really very intense emotionally, you find yourself being caught in that emotional stress, that bubble, right? And when you're in that battle zone, it's hard for you to see anything beyond that pain or beyond that Battle zone ground to me, right? All you see would just be pain. And if all you see is just pain, how are you then, you know, gonna be in the position to kinda identify, okay, you know, this is something that maybe is like, you know, kinda dysfunctional, this is something that is not really good for me, right? In those instances where you realize that you probably have been going through months or years, just going back to the same old repetitive, you know, um self defeating habits then it's time to kind of reach out to a professional to help you through it. Because the professional is trained to help you to make sense of your current reality right now. And I like to use this analogy of Google Maps, right? Mm. You know, how Google Maps works is that you need to have two information for it to work, the current location, and your end destination. You cannot be like, oh, you know, I want to be there, right? You know <laughs> your destination, but, but you when you put in a Google Maps, like, oh, I don't know. So right now, if you're at Boogies, but you tell Google Maps, oh, I'm at Amokyo, can you can do that. Google, Google Maps will be like, no, girl, you're not at Amokyo. Yeah. You can still put Amokyo, <laughs> but it'll just show you a different path. And that's the thing, thing with life as well right now. You know, a lot of times... We go into this delusion. You know, we, we are at boogies. You know, we know we are at boogies. But we keep telling say, No, I'm at Amokyo. I'm 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 okay. Please take me to Jurong. Right? Google yeah. Maps was like, yeah, I will take you to Jurong, girl. But the path is gonna be different. Right, the path from you know Amokyo to Jurong Is going to be different from Bugis to Jurong So what happens? You will just blindly just take on the path right, The Amokyo to Jurong path Thinking, yeah, you know, I will go to Jurong But you won't that, that get there, girl Seriously You will get lost You will get That's lost I love this analogy I think like, It makes sense Yeah, because it's like
0: Google may have you to turn left somewhere I right? yeah. like, can never find
1: that road Yeah, because so you're good. not there You're not there <laughs> right? So doing the inner work, when you work with a professional, what they do is they really work with you in helping you get the clarity in your current situation. As painful as it is to also acknowledge that, yeah, you know, I'm in this deep shed and a whole lot of things I'm going through right now. But the first step is the awareness of where you are right now. Right, when you are aware that this is where I am right now, when you are able to learn how to embrace you, your flaws and all, it helps moving forward a little bit easier, right? And I think working with a professional, you know, it helps to actually offload a whole lot of things that you're just carrying on your own. Because can you imagine if you've been through years and years of a whole lot of pain and you just keep on carrying it, not like the bag of rocks, just keep on carrying it, day after day after day, at some point, you can't move anymore. At some, There's only so much weight that you can keep mm-hmm. on carrying. At some point, you're going to tell yourself, I don't think I can do this anymore. And that's why you find a lot of times people think about ending their, their lives, you know, to some point where they can't get out of bed anymore because mentally, emotionally, they're just exhausted. There's no more energy left yeah. for them to continue fighting on and that's not what we want to be at right now right we don't want to be at a, a a phase where we don't have any more energy left to continue yeah. fighting and pushing on yeah, yeah right so allow yourself to you know and that's where we have you know these avenues platforms for you to talk to to reach out to people you know tap on those resources right i think it's it's great that, you know, right now we are in a phase where we're talking more about, you know, mental, emotional health, Im- the importance of that. And I think that actually reduces the, you know, stigma mm. that's around, you know, people who's going through, you know, issues mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Because like just in the very near past, right? Like people think that, you know, if you have mental health issues, there's something wrong. Yeah, with you're you. cuckoo, you're yeah, crazy, you're, you're mental. Crazy and stuff like that. I think it's it's a good point that you brought up that you know we don't want to be in a position where we can't do anything anymore where we where we think of ending our lives yeah and things like that right like that is a scary space but if yeah. that does happen doesn't it yeah how like would that be I guess too late like would that really need more professional medical help and things like yeah. how do like how do we actually see that and and. How do we help people like that?
1: Yeah, so, you know, there are um, tools and assessments in place um, that professional um, mental health practitioners, they would have. It's like a matrix Mm, to kind of see mm. whether are you under the high risk of someone who actually commits suicide or on the lower risk. But regardless, whether you're in a high or low, as long as you are actually kind of on that spectrum, you know, you definitely need, you know, you know, attention, yeah. like someone needs to attend to you so that you won't actually fall off, you know, like the, the waterfall thingy. Sometimes you you stand there, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you want to make sure that you have someone in place yeah. to monitor your condition so that you don't fall off that, that waterfall thingy and just fall down. And I don't know what happened then. Yeah. Right. So I always believe in seeking treatment early on. Early. Don't wait, Till things get super crazy. Don't wait till it gets bad shit crazy for you to actually do something about your own life. Yeah. Right? Don't don't wait.
0: Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I mean seeking help early even if you don't feel I mean, even even if you feel strong or if you feel like everything's okay, everything's gonna be okay.
1: Yeah.
0: It's still very important too. Yeah, to seek that help. Yeah, from the very beginning.
1: Is it? Yeah, I've seen people, even though they are, you know, their mental health is okay, they still, you know, go see a coach and a therapist. Yeah. It does not mean that there's something mentally going on. It's just that you know they have different goals, right? So, you know, I always feel that when you are in the pink of health, that is the time for you to do the work. Don't wait till your your life is in crisis and you. St- only then, I mean, it's still not too late, but you realize in terms of the internal resource and energy that you have left when you are in, you know, crisis mode, it's not much left. Every single thing would just, even little things will just overwhelm you quickly, right? So don't wait when you feel that you're in a good place right now. Start, you know, seeing a therapist, you know, life coach, you know, you'll never know actually what comes out of it. You may think that, oh, my life seems like super perfect everything yeah. seems okay but the thing is nobody is perfect yeah. everybody will have some thingy that's inside that's probably just left there it's just a matter of whether do you want to do you wish to actually acknowledge that it's there or you're just like kind of numbing it and just like putting stuff over it mm-hmm. so that it's not heard or seen yeah yeah right? just masking it just masking
0: it yeah, yeah. wow okay I'm just curious also, like, why do you think people don't actually seek help?
1: Like, why, why, why what
0: could be the possible reason?
1: Mm, good question. Number one, <laughs> I, I still feel it's got to do a lot with the stigma, society what their family would say because even though, yes, right now there's a lot more um, talk, conversations going on on, you know, seeking out it's okay if you're not okay. Mm, But still, there's still um, a lot more work to be done, you know, in families on how they view reaching out for, you know, mental professional help right another thing um it might also be due to the financial aspect because i mean there are you know subsidized um uh, mental health centers out there um that are actually not too bad you know some of them as low as 20 dollars per session which is actually very much affordable um but the thing is that sometimes a waiting period might take a little bit longer Mm. right the private ones um You know, you don't have to wait that long, but the cost will be much more expensive. So usually it ranges between 100 to probably 250, 300, depending. You know, are you seeing a counsellor, psychotherapist or a psychiatrist, Mm. right? So another thing, cost is another factor. Um, And I can think of the third factor that also comes into play, which is the fear that they have within, right? Because it is scary to kind of open up what you're going through with someone. And especially if it's a stranger. A stranger yeah. and, like, and especially if you've been through you know, experiences where you've been disappointed, betrayed a whole lot. In your mind, you're like, can someone really help me? You know, Or you've been through experiences where you've been told that you're a failure, you're a nobody, you know, no point living life. You know, in your mind, you are be thinking, like, am I too late to be helped? right? You might be thinking that, you know, if I were to talk to someone, I might open up that Pandora box. Mm. And it's scary to go there. It's scary to go into that, that, that darkness sort of zone, you know, talking about the things that you went through. And especially if you're dealing with a whole lot of shame, Mm. shame, it really kills you in the inside. It makes you, you know, the, the difference between guilt and shame is that, guilt makes you look at the behavior as bad, right? So you separate yourself from the action, but shame is you are saying, I am the bad one, mm-hmm. right? So it looks at you seeing you as fundamentally something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that hurts the core of any human being, Yeah. right? But the thing is that You know, if you're going through feelings of shame, you're carrying feelings of shame, the only way to be able to release it out of your system is to talk about it. Because shame does not live in a place where you're able to talk about what has shamed you. Mm. Wow. I feel
0: like I'm in
1: a session. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'm just like... It's like, it's like processing Processing <laughs>
0: Wow, okay Okay I think, I think I mean The first reason why You know, people wouldn't go You know, the whole stigma It's yeah. really okay not to be okay I think yeah. we're really I'm, I'm really thankful that we're living in this age Where people are talking more about it yep. I think having conversations about it Is yeah. so important it's, it's, it's great Five years ago It's not the same sort of landscape. Yeah. I mean we have parents and, and older our older generation who still do not understand the value of mental health. Yeah. They always value physical health a lot more. Yeah. But even as a physical health practitioner, I I I highly recommend that mental health first before the physical health. Because if we put our mental health first, we are able to function and perform better. Physically, yeah, and 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 in in every way, and in, in, in all our responsibilities in life. So mental health, really, essentially, they, it comes first. Yeah, more than anything.
1: Yeah, it's super important. It, it controls everything yeah. that you do. It is. And I think a lot of times we don't really take too much notice about it. It's because we can't see it. Mm, yeah, right. It can't Physical seen. health, like, oh, like okay, we skin, look right? good. You know, abs and oh, tone <laughs> arms and stuff like that, but. We can't see what's inside here, yeah. but the the power of being a human being is that you can feel, yeah, right. So it's all about allowing yourself to feel yeah. what you need to feel and connecting with the inside, yeah. And that is a superpower, yeah. That it's yours when you are able to allow yourself to go to that space of being connected with what you feel, yeah. what you go through in life, right? I, I think one one of the the most torturous things. Is to be a walking zombie. Mm, yeah. To be numb to anything. Pain, can, you, yeah, can you imagine walking through life, waking up first thing in the morning, but you just don't feel anything? You're just like, you know, staring blankly up in the the, the ceiling. You just don't feel anything. Yeah. And that is very torturous to be in because you feel as though you're stuck in this body.
0: Yeah. And you
1: can't do anything about it. Right? It's yeah. that feeling of you can't do anything about it, helplessness, yeah. hopelessness. No. It's
0: scary. But you can. You can do yeah. something about it. You
1: can do something about it because there are treatments, there are professionals out there who can help you through it, right? Yeah. I think the most important question to ask yourself is, you know, will I give myself this permission to reach out? Yeah. Will I give myself this permission to get the help I need for myself, yeah
0: that's usually the first step, yeah, and it's in in every kind of first step that's usually the hardest too, yeah yeah no that's that's very insightful, very insightful <laughs> I guess the second reason i mean if if someone can't afford therapy, there must be resources yeah. out there as well there yeah. should be something that is available online as well
1: yes a whole, lot, a whole lot okay right like you know when i first started out i mean i did have um i was seeing my therapist on the side but i think it's also important to have um this habit of being independent right because you don't want to always be dependent on your therapist right because you're not going to see your therapist every single day yeah Right, so on those days where your therapist is not there, you must be you know be in a a state where you are able to do things for yourself. So what I did back then was to you know go to YouTube. There are so many self help videos that help you to kind of make sense of whatever pain that you go through because pain can come in many forms. Mm -hmm. You know it could be the pain from a divorce, pain from losing someone um, tragically, um, pain from uh, being unemployed. Yeah pain from that breakup, whatever it is, right? There f- people go through different types of pain of varying degrees. Yeah. And if right now, you know, if you are in a phase where you tell yourself, you know, I can't really afford going for therapy or, you know, hiring a life coach, what I would recommend is go online, YouTube, just type something out, right? If, for example, you're trying to move through the heartbreak of a relationship, then type that out yeah. there's so many like videos i mean it's it's not it's not a substitute this is something that i need to um you know of bring course. yeah you know it you know self help videos it's not a substitute for yeah. like therapy because therapy it really goes into like you know deep inner healing like work specific right yeah and there's someone there to guide you a lot of times when we have all these you know resources out there it can sometimes lead to information overload yeah. and not too sure whether you're reading the right resources as well. But as a start, as a start to help you to keep going,
0: yeah,
1: go read something online. Yeah. At least it gives you that direction or maybe, you know, ignite a bit of that hope that you need in yeah. your life that you know what... This thing that I'm going through right now, I'm not the only one that's going through. You see yeah. there are papers is written on it. You see people are talking about this. That means that you're I am not, not, not the only yeah. one that's going through it. Right? And I think just the fact that you know that you're not the only one going through it, again, it offloads a whole lot of the stress that you're feeling because a lot of times you feel that I am the only one who's going through all the chaos and shit show in the world, that right? Nobody now, right? Nobody, me. nobody understands me. I am the only one shouldering this, the world is against me, yeah, right, so the more you allow yourself to be, you know, you know, linking up with like like like-minded people, people who are going through similar journeys, right, talk to people, you know, read up online, watch videos, listen to podcasts, these are all, you know, many different avenues for you to get the help you need, right, so the thing is, it's It's limitless. The Mm. amount of information out there to help you is limitless, right? So really, the question, it goes back to you. Are you willing to take that chance? Are you willing to put in the work? Or are you going to be filling your life up with excuses? Yeah.
0: Wow. How do we support someone, like a loved one? Say, for example, a loved one is going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. Of course, like we're not, you know, we can't, therapist and stuff but how do we support someone who is going through a hard time yeah like a loved one especially
1: yeah good question and the thing with it comes to support is that it can come in different forms yeah right and oftentimes um someone wanting to help someone else um, we tend to assume the support they need Mm. sometimes all they need is for you to just sit down just don't say anything, but just to sit down beside them, you know, you just sitting beside them, it it signals to them that, hey, you know, this person is there, right? They don't need you to like, you know, ask them, how are you or things like that they just need someone there sometimes the type of support that they need is they want you know you to be able to kind of have a conversation with them so they can kind of like you know vent out how they're feeling the frustrations right so I think the most important thing from a caregiver or supporter point of view is to not assume the support that you need to ask ask. how can I you know render my support how can I support you better what do you need From me, and then you take it from there. So don't don't just assume and be like, okay, you know, you want me to fix your problem. Okay, I give you, I give you a solution. Okay, you do this, you you get out (laughs) of this fast, fast. Okay, we tend to do that. We're like, oh my god, we're like so good at being fixers, yeah, rescuers that it does a whole lot of damage actually. Because can you imagine if that someone just wants you to just sit there and just don't see anything, but in your mind you're like, okay, I need to give you advice. Right, but the, <laughs> if the person is not ready to receive the advice, if the person is still trying to like you know trying to make sense of co- yeah make sense of the shock or the pain, it would be so overwhelming. It actually dismisses and discounts the pain that the person is going through. It makes the person feel that oh my god, I need to quickly get over this. I need to quickly be okay. And it, and and you know what? I think the society. I think it, it glamorises the, hey quickly, quickly, everything quickly, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle life. That is so true. Right? Yeah. So it, we find it hard to slow down. We find it hard to be still because the moment that we are still, those thoughts, those scary thoughts, they come by. And we have been so, if we have been so used to dealing with stillness, um with a, uh, uh, distractions Busyness Right So being alone Would then be something That's very Scary yeah. Right We push away What's scary We push away The pain mm. And that doesn't Take away pain yeah. It creates more pain Wow Very insightful
0: I feel like crying Please don't cry Are you okay? Okay Okay <laughs> Okay Wow, okay. All right, Noor. I think I have a, a more specific question for you yeah. because, you know, as a life coach, how do you actually compartmentalize, you know, your 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 clients' issues and mm-hmm. your own issues? And how do you actually prevent yeah. burnout for yourself because it can get tiring like listening yeah. to people and stuff, right? What okay. does that actually look like for you? Like what does self-care look like for for you?
1: Yeah another very good question. Um, and especially if you're in a field where you have to take in a lot emotionally, mentally, self-care is key. Mm. And again, uh, self-care for different people look very much differently. Um, for myself, one of the things is definitely a lot of solitude time. A time. lot of uh, me time. And I think being able to tell myself that I need me time uninterrupted me time initially it was hard because uh, you know i'm a people pleaser sort of person and someone who has people pleasing behavior the nature of them would be like you know other people's needs are more important so if i need to spend time by myself i'm like I feel guilty. I'm like, uh, but you know, I I think I need to spend time with them instead or I need to do this and that. So it's always like putting other people's needs above my own needs. And so this whole journey, I had to learn how to tell myself that, you know what? Your needs are important. If you don't take care of you, nobody's going to be doing the work for you. Right, mm-hmm. so one of the things it's telling myself and giving myself the permission that it's okay to be with me. It's okay sometimes to set some boundaries. It's okay to sometimes you know um, cancel some meetings or something like that. If it means that I'm putting myself first, it means that you know I'm taking care of my mental health, yeah. right? It's it's okay to say no to things that I'm not okay with right now. So it it took a lot because oftentimes saying no to things, it accompanies it with like guilt. I'm like oh. Oh my God, is the person okay? (laughs) You know, that I do something wrong, that I hurt the person's feelings. But yeah, it's it's a work in progress, right? You need to always kind of refocus yourself and remind yourself of what is your intent, your purpose of doing this. It goes back to taking care of you first, putting you first. Yeah. Another thing is going for regular therapy sessions. So I have Mm -hmm. my own personal therapist that I go to and it helps me to make sure that, you know, in my personal life, the emotions that I'm going through it's okay, right? I get to process all these things. And I think it's really important, especially if you're you're a therapist, a life coach, because it prevents the issue of counter-transference, which is a case where you tend to project your issues onto the client. So let's Mm. say if you you as a life coach, you've been through heartbreaks in the past right, and against men, you know, you're like, oh my god, I hate all men, you yeah, know, yeah. they disgust me, they hurt me, you know, they're scums of the earth, you know, that kind yeah. of mindset, right, so if you go, if you go into your role as a life coach with your clients and then Scully, you know, you got one client, you know, my husband cheated on me, then Scully, you know, that, that so that's an unresolved wound, right, then you go into Go leave him, huh? Ah. He <laughs> cheated, <laughs> Right? So it gets projected. So you're not able to take on that objective role yeah. to help to really facilitate and hold your client because you're making the session about you. you. Right? So, you know, I feel that for me, also from the ethical aspect, it is important for me to make sure that, you know, whatever issues that I'm going through, whatever emotions that I'm feeling on the inside does not get projected and transferred the sessions with my client as well. And that means for me, you know, going through my own therapy sessions. And I love therapy sessions. Oh my God. I, always, I look Even to. though there are times where I'm like, oh my God, this is really heavy. But each time I feel good coming out of it because I get to kind of process whatever thing that I'm going through. And again, it helps to release whatever tension I'm carrying on the inside. As far as possible, I don't want to be carrying a whole lot of bag of, you know rocks right i want to be carrying as little as possible so that i can be moving i can be like you know fast and you know swift yeah yeah smooth operator, <laughs> smooth operator. yeah
0: wow okay amazing i think putting yourself first is so important even though you know it you just got to be a little bit selfish to be selfless isn't it i, yeah. I kind of read that term somewhere quite recently. Yeah. that like you somehow need to say no to a few things yeah. so that you can give your best yeah. when it's time to give your best.
1: Yeah. And I was reading that, you know, being selfish in the name of self-love, it's the highest, purest form of selfishness. Because Mm. I think no human being is made to be selfless. Can you imagine if you're like 100% selfless, right? You own, for example, your assets, your home, whatever it is. You're like, okay, I'm 100% selfless, huh? And you give everything away, your money away, your home, your car. You're like, nah, everybody take it. Then what are you left with? You won't have a roof over your head. You have nothing, Mm. right? So... In certain aspects, it's okay to be selfish if it means putting you first, prioritizing, making sure that you're okay because you're, you are able to only give, truly give unconditionally uh, without the conditions when you are in a good place yourself, mm. right? When you, when you know that you're not in a good place, immediately in any relationship or any experience you go through, it will come with high expectations and conditions. Why? Because you naturally put your expectation onto these things to be able to meet that void on the inside. But the, it doesn't work that way. You can't fill your internal void with something that external. It's like, you know, a jigsaw puzzle? It doesn't match, right? Because yeah. they all need to have the perfect configuration. Yeah. Yeah. But if it doesn't, and you still tell yourself, "Hey, hey, join, quick, join. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you just need to feel more frustrated. Uh, yeah, you can't force it. Yeah. Right? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything
0: to ask, Myra? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. she's processing. processing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's okay. It this is really deep thinking. It is. It yeah.
1: is. You know, processing thing, thing is right? a lot of a lot of work, man.
0: Yeah. A lot of energy. energy. Yeah. So you, okay, what I guess as a life coach, right? What is like the biggest challenge for you so far? I'm not. Sure, I'm. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, specifically, is there anything specifically that's challenging for you as a life coach?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things is definitely to be able to just. Um, you know, monitor my energy levels because depending on, you know, certain client um, cases, some can be a bit more intense. Mm. And it's a bit more intense. It requires more of my energy, more of my present being to be there, right? So I think for me, it's all about being aware of how I feel emotionally, mentally, and taking the necessary steps to make sure that I get recharged, Mm. right? If I know that, you know, sometimes in a day, I can just see maybe two or three clients. Yeah. But if those cases are like pretty intense, I'm just like I'm just like out. done yeah. for the day, yeah. right? I, I feel as though I cannot do anything more even though I have like other the the tasks, the to-do task yeah. on my list, right? So I think I need to be honest with myself on those days where I feel that I really I can't push myself anymore because I've seen myself on those days where I've had a really long day and I still myself, it can, can, do, do, come on, do, 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 you know, post on your social media, do this, do that. And I could feel the repercussions of it. Like, you know, I could feel that the more, the more I keep doing that, the more I tell myself to push when I know that I can't really handle it, yeah. the more I feel that burnout on the inside, that resistance on the inside is telling me, why are you doing this to me? Why are you torturing me? Yeah. Right? I think it is really about listening to what you're feeling yeah. and then being in a position to be able to meet those needs, yeah. right? Don't don't d- dismiss it. Don't dismiss it, yeah. yeah. And being
0: aware of what you're feeling at that yeah at that time as well. Because sometimes we're just not aware that we're feeling a certain way.
1: Yeah, we go into denial, yeah. Yeah. right? We tell ourselves Correct. It's okay, Ken, Ken. Yeah, can Ken I'll just more. I'll just take two more clients today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel ya. I feel you, girl. <laughs> 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 okay, all right. We're gonna wrap things up. I think we we've we've covered so much. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that was very insightful for me. Um, and Myra is still processing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and, 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 and really thankful for, for, for that. So I think just very nicely, I think all of us can, and can talk about this. Okay, what are the three things that we're actually grateful for today? Mm-hmm. Maybe we can start with you, Noor.
1: Okay. okay, three things. Uh, number one, I would definitely say uh, to still be alive. Ooh, right? Like, um, I Definitely. think a lot of times you tend to take that for granted. So, yeah, the, the just being thankful that I have another day being alive. Um, number two is, I think, this like, you know, having opportunities to be able to meet with like minded people, people who are on the same path of, like, you know, seeking the truth, right? Yeah. Discovering themselves uh, on a deeper level. And number three, I would say that I'm grateful for, for hope, for the, the hope that I still have within me to want to still continue in life, to want to still, you know, do all the things that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I actually like to start this exercise, like start my day with this exercise, like when I wake up. Or when I'm on the way to kind of like, you know, work or wherever. Yeah. I'll just have like three things that I'm grateful for, just to sort of remind yeah. myself that okay, it's 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 gonna be okay. You yeah. still have all these things to be grateful for. Yeah. So I guess for myself today I think this, you know, the opportunity to connect to really, really hopefully inspire people with our spoken word and, and help give them hope mm-hmm. that Everything will be okay. yeah. And hopefully if they're listening to this, I think, you know, take that step to, to seek help or, or, or make a change. I think that is, I'm so thankful to be doing that with you um, and with Myra. And I think the second bit is really always my parents. I feel like if they're healthy, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And yeah. they are healthy and kicking it. Even though they're far away from yeah. me <laughs> yeah and and the last one is the strength I guess having the strength to wake up every morning and just do what I do and 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 to, to kind of show up to what I love to do so mm. I feel like that is
1: that's beautiful yeah. um. <laughs> how about you Myra um, I guess the first one is
0: showing up because I really didn't want to show up so I happy that i did mm-hmm. and then the second one is sitting here even though i'm not talking mm. you know but it's it's a lot you know and the, the thing is that i can still process all this even though i want to block off a lot of things i can still process so it's just thank you thanks for sitting in and mm-hmm. and, and and listening I
1: think it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> see, see, don't, don't, don't think that they need that. Okay. <laughs> We're joking, but yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else, Nora, that you actually want to say to our listeners today?
1: Um, let me see. I would say to you, you know, whoever is like listening, um, do know that even if you are in a place where You feel so much darkness, you feel as though there's no way out, Um, always remember that there are options, you know, there is a way out, there is help out there um, to help you through whatever it is that you're going through, right? Um, The most important thing is taking that first step, right? You'll never know till you try, you really got nothing to lose by seeking out, you know, reaching out for help and just taking it from there. Right? The yeah. moment you tell your mind or you, you know, show your mind that there are options, it's when you start to get out of that stuck cycle. The reason why you feel stuck is because your mind is just seeing things in just the same same way, same yeah. kind of option over and over again. But the moment, you know, for example, you talk to someone, you read up more about whatever stuckness that you're feeling, is when you open up your mind to the world out there, to the options that you possibly have. It may not be be big, you know, shifts and changes, but even the tiny, tiniest, minutest shifts, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's happening, right? Even if it's 1% of change per day, but if you keep going at it in a year, that's like more than 300%. -hmm. Definitely, Mm -hmm. right? So baby steps, small changes, take that first step because your life is worth it. Nobody's going to be, you know, living your life for you. This yeah. is your life. So yeah. allow yourself to make sure that this is the life that you really want to be living in. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank no, you for having me. No
0: worries. It's Such really, a no, beautiful it's our pleasure. conversation. It's, it's, it's we're really honoured to have you here today in, in My our voice. little humble podcast. So thank you. Ooh. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And until the next episode, Mara, do you have anything else to say? All the darkness has left you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Don't <come> the-
1: <laughs> <in. laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright guys, until um, the next episode, thank you, please stay safe and take care of yourself.
1: Thanks, Noor. Thank, thank you, you all so all much. much. Bye guys, lots of love. Mwah! See ya. <laughs>